My Seven Chakras, episode 258. Tell me to be a yoga teacher, not a preacher. The Seven Chakras, swirling vortices of energy, positioned throughout our body, from the base of the spine to the crown of the head. For thousands of years, this ancient wisdom has been passed on from master to disciple. What are the functions of these energy centers? And could these chakras help you unlock your destiny and find your true purpose? Welcome to My 7 Chakras. And now, your host, Aditya Jai Kumar. What's up, Action Tribe? AJ here, host and founder of My 7 Chakras, a show where we provide you the wisdom and action steps that will help you heal and transform your life. So if you're new to the show, then I want to provide you a warm, warm welcome. You're going to love this experience. Now, before we begin, I've got a couple of announcements to make. Firstly, over the years, many of you have reached out inquiring how you can support our podcast and movement. So recently, I started a Patreon page for people who'd like to support our show. Visit my7chakras.com forward slash Patreon. That's my7chakras.com forward slash P-A-T-R-E-O-N to learn more. Now, for those of you who don't know, Patreon is a platform that allows you to donate a small amount each month to support the expenses that go into creating this podcast, such as podcast production, graphics, and equipment. And this way, I'm able to provide you more exciting, entertaining, and inspiring episodes to transform your life. To learn more, go to my7chakras.com forward slash Patreon, and you can get started for as little as $7. Now, another question I get a lot is about our official book reading list based on uh, the books that have been recommended on our show. To download your free copy, your free PDF document, visit my7chakras.com forward slash reading list. It's very simple, my7chakras.com forward slash reading list. And I also want to give a quick shout out to Ashley James, my friend who runs the Learn True Health podcast. She's a huge supporter and believer in holistic health and her podcast will connect you with experts, naturopathic doctors and holistic health practitioners who will give you clarity and help you navigate the muddy waters of the health myths out there. So make sure you check out her podcast, which is called Learn True Health, available on multiple podcast platforms. All right. With that being said, let's start today's interview and let's bring on our special guest for today, Swami Shardananda. Swami, are you ready to inspire? Yes, I'm ready and looking forward to it. Great. So Swami Shardananda is an internationally renowned yoga and meditation teacher who has inspired thousands of people to practice. She's been teaching for almost 40 years and is the author of several books. She teaches worldwide. Uh, uh, leads pilgrimages to India and is also a trustee of the Ganga Prem Hospice, a charity that seeks to build a cancer hospice in Rishikesh, North India. Her new book, The Cleansing Power of Yoga, explains about yogic cleansing practices known as Kriyas, which are natural ways to eliminate tension, energetic blockages. Unlike other yoga practices, they are not designed to increase strength and flexibility. Instead, they are cleansing rituals which purify your body and mind, allowing your health to improve and increase clarity as well as your overall cheerfulness, right? So really fascinating topic. Um, I'm really excited to, you know, dive deeper. But before that, thank you so much for joining me, Swami. Oh, it's a pleasure to be here. Great, great. So like a lot of what you do is highly inspirational, what is your favorite inspirational quote these days and how do you apply it in your day-to-day life? Well, actually, it's a very short quote from my teacher, who Swami Vishnu Devananda, and he used to tell me to be a yoga teacher, not a preacher. And he used to tell all the students that, but I particularly took it to heart because I know a lot of people, they do... They read a book or they um, do a short workshop and then they start teaching. Whereas I think yoga is really um, something that you should live and teach from your own experience. I think I always look at my body, my mind as like a laboratory where I'm testing all the things I've heard and read. And that way I feel like I'm teaching something that's authentic. Oh, absolutely. And and this has, uh, in fact, this thought has come to my mind, especially over the last few weeks, which is especially when it comes to 
a spiritual experience you cannot intellectually learn it you need to have a personal experience so that you can embody whatever there is to be learned and that happens as you alluded to through personal experience experimentation and once you embody that uh, i'm sure you become a better teacher because now you're relating from experience as opposed to relating from theory or what is written in the books so i think this is a really um, really powerful quote that you shared with us and with that let's begin so what inspired you to write this book the cleansing power of yoga uh, well i've written several books on different aspects of yoga um, i wrote a book on chakra meditation and one on pranayama the power of breath and one on mudras the hand gestures but i realized that there's one aspect of yoga that there was really no book on at all and that was kriyas cleansing exercises and i feel especially um in modern life where we have so much pollution you know the air is mm. polluted the water is polluted a lot of our food isn't really um so good not the best quality it's very important for us to constantly be um working and cleansing our our bodies so um that's where i got the idea and then i started um looking to see what was available and there was nothing at all available and i just felt it was a very important book to write well absolutely i mean when 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 i heard of this book i immediately noted that this type of information is not really available uh when you think about yoga right when you think about yoga what typically people hear is the postures and flexibility especially in the west mm-hmm. today we're going to dive deeper into the kriyas and particularly how we can use these different kriyas and different techniques to cleanse our body which is so much needed in today's uh in today's age so My question is how did you get into yoga? Well, I was looking for some kind of physical exercise to do and I saw an ad in the paper and I thought I'd try it. And I I just got very interested got more and more interested first in the physical aspect and then in the philosophy. And then I met my teacher Swami Vishnu Devananda and started working with the Shivananda Yoga Centers and I worked with them for about 26 years but then um I left and now I call myself a freelance yogi I just to go to different places and teach and I write books Got it now my question is which year was this where you, where you saw the ad and if you could tell us where in the world were you and what particularly like what state of life were you in that made you want into get into yoga for as you mentioned more physical fitness as opposed to some of the other um, modalities or techniques that are already available in your life right well i'm from new york originally and i was living in florida this is um 1967 i started practicing yoga and i wasn't particularly interested in doing yoga i was just interested in some kind of physical exercise right and then i saw this ad and i had no idea what yoga was mm-hmm. but i thought i might as well try this and as soon as i started it i found that it um it really worked so well um i had a problem i was very sick as a child i had polio when i was about 4 years old and i was actually paralyzed for about a year and the doctors told my parents i'd never be able to walk and my mother used to say the reason i could walk is that i was too young to understand the doctors so i just kept trying so i could walk but then i always had problems you know i used to fall i used to trip all the time Um so I tried different kinds of physical exercises that would help me and some of them helped me a bit but none of them helped me as much as yoga. So that's why I really stuck with it just because I found it was so helpful. And now when I tell people I had polio and I was paralyzed like very few people believe me. Right. Because there's no there's no sign of it anymore. 
Yes, absolutely. And I guess many mm-hmm. people are not able to relate as well, right? I mean, uh, uh, polio is not a something to be taken, you know, just like that. It's 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 a pretty serious uh, and often physically debilitating uh, uh, challenge, right? But you went through it, and and people aren't able to see any mm-hmm. signs, which is, I think, a major transformation. Right, right. Yeah, I think that was one of the biggest challenges I faced in my life. And because I could face it, I think it helped me to face other challenges. Because once you overcome something, then when another challenge comes, you think, well, I overcame the first thing. Yeah. Probably <laughs> if I keep at it, I can do this as well. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I've read that this has to do with uh, the neur- neurons in your brain. It's like once your brain learns that this is possible, then it's able to sort of mirror that into some other skill or some other challenge. And now all mm-hmm. of a sudden you have that possibility within you and you do whatever it takes to get there because you know it's possible. That feeling mm-hmm. of it is possible, I think, shifts everything, right? Right. I think what's important is the feeling that's in, that it's possible because you can read books saying it's possible, but yeah. unless you've actually experienced it, you don't know it's true. So, so true. So true. So how mm-hmm. did you end up meeting Swami Vishnu Devananda and how did he influence your life? So take us back to that first time. Well, I started when I was studying yoga, I was taking classes with some students of his. Okay. And then I moved back to New York and I started going to class at the Shivananda Yoga Center. And then one time they just said there was this Swami coming. I didn't even know who was or what a Swami was, mm. but there was this person called Swamiji. He was coming and they were going to organize a retreat so that for the whole weekend we would do meditation and yoga. And I thought, okay, that sounds interesting. So I signed up, and I met Swamiji. And um, I, when I first met him, or I, I felt as he was the most honest person I had ever met. And what he said really hit a note with me, something very deep. So um, I just wanted to study with him more. Got it. Got it. And. Uh... Mm-hmm. You've mentioned somewhere, I think, on your website that he was known as a flying swami. Yes, he had a plane and he used to fly uh, to different trouble spots in the world. Like he flew over the Suez Canal when it was closed and he dropped leaflets calling for peace. He flew over the Berlin Wall. He flew over Belfast when there was a lot of fighting there. And he used to say that yoga was about breaking barriers, internal barriers, but also he felt that um, world barriers, that there are certain barriers that we create that are barriers to world peace. So just like yoga is about inner peace, he said we can also use yoga for world peace. And this he called his mission in life, was to tell people about this, Yeah. So, so also in, in, in 2001, you took a sabbatical, right, to do some mm-hmm. personal practice in the Himalaya. So what made you take that decision and how was your experience like? Um, well, I've been to India many times, but I had never spent like an extended period there. Mm. I'd been there for a few months or maybe I think before that, the most time was six months at a time. Okay. And um then I was working with the Shivananda organization and I decided it was time to leave. And people told me not to leave. They said, unless you live in an ashram, it's not possible to practice on your own. And I thought, if that's true, then I've wasted sort of half my life because I've been practicing so much. And if I can't practice by myself, then I, that's a waste of uh, my time and energy. Mm-hmm. So I decided I was going to just go to the Himalayas and to practice on my own for one year. And um, also because it was a um, it was a big change in my life. From the, I had lived in ashrams for almost thirty years, okay. and I just wanted to sort of take time off and practice by myself. And I found that it gave me a lot of strength 
and it gave me a very different perspective. And, you know, I sort of came back and started working again um, with that changed perspective. So what was life like in an ashram for somebody who cannot relate at this point? What, what is life like in an ashram for you? Uh, maybe uh, back in the days. And then w- w- how was the transition like from life in an ashram, like you mentioned, for 30 years or so, and then um, living in the Himalayas and doing your personal practice? What was that shift like? Was it difficult or how was it? Um Yes, it was a little difficult because in an ashram, everything is, is disciplined and there's a time schedule. Yeah. You know, so I, I think different ashrams have different schedules, but the ashram I lived in, you had to, everyone had to be at meditation six in the morning. And it, you know, I mean, you could miss once a week, but otherwise you were expected to be there. And then, um, I lived in different ashrams. Some were, um, in cities where we also had like teaching schedule. So then we were bound by that teaching. But I think it was the discipline of having, having to get up at a certain time and having to meditate at a certain time and having to practice at a certain time. And I, I think it was actually an excellent experience. Mm-hmm. And, but it is difficult. I mean, I think it's like any institutional thing when you leave it. There's always a difficulty. But um, so at first it was difficult, but now I feel like, um, you know, it was quite good to be free because if you if you don't have, make your own schedule, yeah, you don't know if you're really doing it or you're just sort of, um, you know, someone is making you do it. I think it's important yeah. to know that you're doing something because you want to do it. Got it. So it feels, it seems like, you know, when you were in the ashram, you had a set routine, right? That everyone yes. followed, sort of mm-hmm. like a timetable and sort of was, it was regimented. But then now that you went to Himalayas, you had an opportunity to really test yourself. Are you going to stick to that same routine? Are you going to be self-disciplined? Will you follow through your, with your practice? So in many ways, mm-hmm. it was like, like a test. Right. It was a test. And I think it was also a time to strengthen my own practice rather than relying on the routine of the ashram. Got it. Got mm-hmm. it. So so what made you come back? What made you, uh, after visiting the Himalayas and doing your personal practice, what made you end your sabbatical and come back? Well, um, I, I felt that I had karma that I still had to work out with. And I felt that my karma was really teaching. And a lot of the time I lived in the ashram, I I did administrative work. Yes. Yeah, I was I was the person in charge of the ashram, so I had to make sure that everything was running properly. But I felt that I wanted to really devote myself to teaching and writing because I felt that I had learned so much and I think a lot of the aspects of yoga, people in the West, they don't really understand it on a deep level. You know, they understand it quite superficially. So I feel as though in a way I'm a, I'm like a translator, you know, because I've practiced, but I've also lived in the world. So I can explain like a lot of the ancient teachings, but I can explain it in a way that modern people will understand. Well, that's definitely a gift uh, for sure. And mm-hmm. as you've mentioned somewhere that the best way to learn something is to be able to teach it, right? Because yes. uh, you can't just teach somebody. You have to be able to internalize it and also be able to articulate some of the concepts and the practices and the philosophy that you've learned. So uh, I think that's definitely a gift which you've built over practice, right, over a period of time. And through mm-hmm. this book, uh, you, you help people detox, from a yogic perspective, right? So uh, let's right. take a few steps back and understand the challenge at hand first. So what are these toxins that we're trying to detox and how do we end up attracting or collecting them in our bodies and in our energy body in the first place? Well, I think there are all types of t- toxins. I mean, there are physical toxins that we get from, you know, the polluted air that we breathe, from the, um, the food that's adulterated, from Mm -hmm. water that might not be as pure as it could be. So we pick up a lot of those physical toxins, 
but I think there are also emotional toxins um, that we pick up, you know, just from living in the world and, um, you know, reacting in the world. Like not everyone in the world is a nice person. Yeah. And some, but we have to live together. So often, you know, we come into contact with people and we feel sort of negative energy from them. So we can't let it um, weaken us. So that's what I, I put in my book is not only thing ways to purify physically, but also how to purify emotionally and um you know, how to get rid of, like, um, toxins in in the uh, subtle body as well. You know, the emotional body and mental um, on all levels. Got it. So, uh, on the same topic, how exactly does yoga help with this multi-level talk, detoxing? Well, there are a lot of um, exercises in yoga that people don't know about that are called the Kriyas. Mm -hmm. And I know a lot of times when people hear about them, they they tend to, um, I don't know, be be a bit repelled by them. Mm. You know, things like um, using salt water to clean out the, the nasal passages, which I think is, it's really one of the simplest things you can do. And I think anyone who lives in a modern city where the air is polluted, I don't know how you cannot do it every day and still breathe properly. So um, I wanted to tell people about these yoga exercises that um, they're really quite simple. But I think people have built up like a big um, negative thing about them. Right. Um, Right, and I'm so glad that you're dispelling uh, the negativity or the perception that people have created over the years, uh, maybe because of lack of awareness as well. But for people who want to learn more, what exactly are Kriyas and how do they help in all of this? Well, Kriyas are cleansing exercises. The word okay. Kriya actually just means um, action, but they're they, they usually used to, be, to refer to cleansing actions. And in um, the texts on yoga, they, t- they talk mainly about six kriyas. Okay. Um, and they're kriyas, cleansing exercises for cleaning the nasal passages, for cleaning the upper digestive tract, which is the, di- the stomach and the esophagus and the mouth, for cleaning the middle um, digestive tract, the the intestine, for cleaning the lower digestive tract, which is the uh, large intestine and the colon, for um, cleaning the eyes and um, cleaning the respiratory system. And I think that one for cleaning the respiratory system is the one that's probably best known, which is called Kapalabhati. it's a word that it translates into shining skull. And the idea is that if you did it regularly, you would become, you would become so purified, your face would start to shine. Mm-hmm. And people do it as part of uh, yoga breathing exercises. Right. But technically, it's not a breathing, ex- it's not a pranayama. Like, Usually we call yoga breathing as we refer to them as pranayama, mm-hmm. but technically kapalabhati is actually a kriya, a cleansing exercise. So I think it's an important one, and I think if you're going to be getting into yoga breathing, mm-hmm. it's an important one to start with. So Action Drive, the question really is, is do you want to have a glowing, shining face? Do you want to be able to mm-hmm. clean your digestive system, open up your respiratory system, clean up the eyes, and really have these simple, simple tools that you can use on a daily basis to mm-hmm. be able to balance your life, especially if you're living in a modern city, which most of mm-hmm. you are. So that's exactly the theme that we're talking about today. So, uh, Swami, could you maybe describe um, some of these careers and how they help restore balance, just for an overview of uh, those who are new to careers? Uh-huh. Um, 
Well, I've already mentioned one called neti. Neti is the nasal cleansing. Okay. And I think it's it's quite a simple thing to do because you just get a a pot called a neti pot, which is now available in most health food stores. It's available online. Even a lot of pharmacies sell them now. And you just put about half a teaspoon of sea salt and some water in, and you insert it into, you stand over a sink, and you just put the neti pot into, the stem of the neti pot into one nostril, and then let gravity run the water through the, the nasal passages. So you don't inhale it. Mm-hmm. You just let gravity um, make the water flow to cleanse the cleanse the nasal passages. And then you would blow out the water afterwards. Mm-hmm. And I think if you live in a modern city, which they're all polluted nowadays, yeah. you know, um, actually you don't really want to look at what comes out, but of course you can't help it. And sometimes <laughs> it's quite shocking what comes yeah. out. Mm-hmm. Um, I think especially if you live in a city, like I lived in New York and in the summertime, um, when the wa- the air was extra polluted, it would, the water would just be black as it came out. Right. So you would do that, and then you would do um, kapalabhati, which is the um, it's like a pumping breath. Mm-hmm. You know, to cleanse the um, to get the pollution out of the lungs and out of the nasal passages as well. So you would do first neti, and then you would do kapalabhati. And I think those are things that people, even if they don't do yoga on a regular basis, I think it's important to do these two exercises daily. Um, mm. Absolutely. I mean, thanks for, thanks for sharing that. And I think, you know, being a conscious being in today's age, or being an aware person, can sometimes be overwhelming right it it can sometimes be difficult because you, you start to realize that whether you're looking at the water that you're getting or the food that you purchase from the grocery store or the air that you breathe or even the uh radiations that are being emitted by the devices mm-hmm. your phones your microwave everything right. affects you and your energetic body um in, in ways that is uh, difficult to explain uh, mm-hmm. And now you have these simple tools that you're sharing that can improve the balance, that can uh, detox us. So that's that's really powerful. Right, right. Yeah, if you're talking about radiation, I actually have part of the book that talks about what type of plants you can use in your home mm. to um, avoid the radiation from different, uh, from computers, from cell phones, from microwaves. And this is not... Um, it's not something that's very esoteric. It's something that's very simple. And actually, the main study on this was done by NASA, by the Space Agency. Yeah. So it's not um, you know, like sometimes people think, oh, this is not exactly scientific. But mm-hmm. how can you be more scientific than NASA? Oh, you know, that is they actually, definitely something. <laughs> yeah. They actually did studies to find out which plants would counteract the radiation best of all. So I'm sure that most of the people, in fact, all the people are prepping up their ears to their earphone or their headphone to sort Uh of learn more about what these plants are. Could you give us uh, an idea of, um, let's say, for example, we're talking about emissions from a phone or something similar to that. What, What plant should a person be growing? at your home? Uh, well, plants that tend to be spiky are the best. Okay. So spiky like uh, cactuses are spiky mm. or um, uh, spider plants are spiky. So these two plants are really the best. You know, you can have them next to your computer. You can have them in, um, you know, just around the house and they help you to counteract the the it's actually the uh, the positive irons are the one that's are not good for you. Mm. you know, I, d- I did not know about uh, the fact that the, having a cacti or cactus 
at your home can be beneficial. Cactus, mm-hmm. and you said spider plant. Is that what you said? Yes, spider plant. Got it. Well, well thanks a lot for mm-hmm. sharing that. Now, we've been speaking about uh, the fact that these kriyas are not that difficult to master. They're very simple. Mm-hmm. And these are essentially tool sets that one can use in day-to-day life. But you've been doing yoga for a long time right now, right? Mm-hmm. So in your experience, what has been the most difficult technique or skill to master? Or has uh, there been something like that? <laughs> yeah, there's been a lot of things that are um, uh, difficult. I, for, personally, for me, I have trouble bending backwards. Mm. Um, you know, I, I find that some people can bend forward, some people can bend backwards. Yeah. Um, and I think keeping it up, that's that's the hardest thing. But I think that um, people say they don't have time to do yoga or they don't have time to do meditation or even Kriyas. Some people claim they don't have time. So I think you just have to schedule it into your life. You know, just like you, if you have an appointment with someone, you you schedule it in. So if you want to do yoga, you just make a time for it. If you say to yourself, I'll try to do it, every day i think the problem is the word try you have to Mm -hmm. say i will do it at seven o'clock in the morning or eight o'clock in the morning or six o'clock in the evening whenever it is but you make a time for it or you can say i i will do it first thing in the morning when i wake up so once you make a time for it um you find that it just becomes part of your routine. And I think it's important for people to make their own routines, you know, because people have different things happening in their lives. You know, some people um, work shifts, some people work at night, some people have families. So there are a lot of different circumstances in your life. So I think it's important to look at, what you need to do in your life and to find when you can do it and then schedule it in just like you would anything else. So that's what I do. You know, I have a different schedule because I I teach and I write in different places. Mm -hmm. So I always look at when I have to be there and then I give myself a certain amount of time in the morning so that I can make sure that I get it all done. Got it, got it. Now, uh, you know, what you're sharing are principles that Mm -hmm. are simple, but yet so powerful. And it's easy to forget. You know, we tend to read them sometimes, but then life happens, right? And Mm -hmm. uh, we forget to execute these simple things. And I myself, um, you know, uh, need to master so many of these uh, things that you're sharing is to be able to just schedule it because what's mm-hmm. scheduled what is scheduled gets done right that's what tony robbins says right. gets, what gets scheduled get gets done and you've alluded to the fact that and you've just mentioned that you that you travel a lot right you travel mm-hmm. uh, to india you travel to the united states and you're based currently in uh, in in uk uh, yes so so since you're a frequent flyer. (laughs) Uh, Mm -hmm. And I get this question a lot for my listeners. How do you go about rebalancing and realigning yourself, especially after a long flight, if you've crossed different time zones? So there's multiple things at play, right? You have the magnetism and you've got the fact that uh, maybe your body has uh, absorbed these toxins, maybe from sitting close to other people and and Mm -hmm. things like that. So how how do you go about rebalancing and realigning yourself? Well, I think drinking a lot of water is very important. Um, so I try and drink as much water as possible. And I try, when I fly someplace, I try not to fall asleep immediately. I try okay. to make sure that I get myself on the local schedule as quickly as possible. And whenever I'm scheduling a trip, I always take that into effect, into account. So for instance, I, I don't schedule flights at, um, you know, say seven in the morning, because then I would have to be at the airport at five in the morning. So I I always try and make sure that I'm flying at a time where I leave at a a reasonable time. And I also arrive at a reasonable time. 
So if there are several flights a day, I always look at which sort of fit in the best. And I try not to do overnight flights because they completely knock you off schedule. Oh, they do. Mm-hmm. So Especially always, when I'm traveling to India. Uh-huh. It's it's a long flight, right? Right. And crossing multiple time zones and, and uh-huh. you have to stop over, you got to lay over. And that becomes really challenging sometimes. But then you um, you get used to it. <laughs> Mhm. Right. So so Swami based on the amazing uh and enjoyable conversation that we're having right now what is it one action step that you'd like to recommend for someone listening to our show right now? Um well recently I've gotten I've started to do a thing called skin brushing. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you've heard of it but you get us a, a a stiff brush and you uh, you just brush your skin morning and evening and I find that that it's more effective than just about anything else so it's yeah um, you always brush towards the heart okay and I think as you get older and your circulation gets um, degenerates a bit I think it, it's very important so I've described it in my book, and I, if I had one thing to recommend, well, two things. I would recommend everyone does neti and everyone does skin brushing. I think these so, are the two very important things to do. So there you go, Action Drive, to read the entire show notes for today's episode, including the inspirational quote, the book recommendations, uh, other things that have been shared, uh, links that we spoke about, and certain nuggets of wisdom that you haven't been able to capture right away, go to our show notes page on my 7 forward slash 258. That's my 7 chakras, 7 is a word, my 7 forward slash 258. Action Triumph, the holiday season is here, which means lots of food, family members, and lots of travel. And this year, I'm going to be spending my Christmas with my sister in Pullman, Washington. And I'm excited about this trip because I'm carrying this amazing carry-on suitcase by Away, a company that creates thoughtful standards for modern travel, and they have an amazing range of products. Now, my bus journey will take 12 hours from Vancouver, a long journey, but I'm not too worried about my cell phone going dead while traveling because this suitcase charges my phone. And you can charge your phone up to five times from the optional TSA compliant ejectable battery in their carry-on. So you'll be able to check uh, your maps, email or Slack. Now their suitcases, especially my grey carry-on, is beautifully made including the interiors and is ultra durable. You also get a removable washable laundry bag so you can separate the clean from the dirty. And the suitcases are made from lightweight, durable German polycarbonate or aluminum alloy with a TSA approved combination lock. Their interior compression system is smartly designed to let you pack more and they've got four 360 degree premium spinner wheels that guarantee a smooth ride every time. Now for $20 off a suitcase, visit awaytravel.com forward slash action tribe and use promo code action tribe during checkout because this season everyone wants to get away. For $20 off a suitcase, visit awaytravel.com forward slash action tribe and use promo code action tribe during checkout. Action Tribe, if you've been planning to gift your family member something unique and special, then you've got to check this out. For $20 off a suitcase, visit awaytravel.com forward slash Action Tribe and use promo code Action Tribe during checkout. In times of adversity and change, we really discover who we are and what we are made of. Now, this is an amazing quote by Howard Schultz, who is the former CEO of Starbucks. Action Tribe, this is so true. And I really mean it. You might study about challenges all you like, but the real test is when you find yourself in the middle of a storm and these adversities come out of nowhere, usually without warning or notice. And in these moments, we are faced with tough choices to take a stand for what we truly believe in. And these moments I'm finding shape our character and actually make us stronger individuals. Because like Wayne Dyer said, that there's a time for everything, right? There's a time for your downs and there's a time for your ups. There's a time for stress, worry and struggle. And there's also a time for elation and true happiness. 
no no matter what situation you're finding yourself right in right now always remember that you are continuously in the process of discovering who you truly are and what you are made of so swami is speaking about facing our fears and conquering our life challenges talk to us about a major life challenge that you once experienced and uh, what was the story like and then how did you overcome that situation well i think i already mentioned about um the polio i think that was really my major challenge in life and it was a challenge that i faced all through my childhood and teenage years um until i found yoga so i i would say that's how i overcame it is by practicing yoga and by being really um regular in my practice got it and so mm-hmm. based on what you've shared based on your story what is that one life lesson that you'd like to share with our listeners um well i this is a little off the topic but i think a lot of people are afraid to speak in public or a lot of people are afraid to sing in public mm-hmm. and i've learned that if you just do it you find that there's really nothing to be afraid of um so I have the word probably one of the world's worst voices but I just sing sometimes and there's nothing that um it doesn't create any kind of negativity because people don't hate you for it so I think it's important to face things that you're afraid of and to just do them and you find that they're not really so difficult anyway Well thanks a lot for sharing your story with us um like you mentioned when you were a child you had polio mm-hmm. and i'm sure that was a very very difficult experience i would not be able to relate to it because i've not gone through it but i'm sure that it's a difficult experience and i'm sure many of our listeners all of us have some sort of a challenge whether it's mental emotional relationships challenge or financial challenge right that we're going through right now at this moment and what you empowered us to do is to uh firstly resort to ancient wisdom like in your case it was yoga and find mm-hmm. a practice that really works for you something that you can do on a daily basis or whenever you have the time and incorporate that into a routine because without a doubt if somebody has experienced a transformation then so can you and on top of that what you also shared is that it's important for us to as individuals as human beings as people who are trying to overcome our challenges and 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 maybe manifest our vision to take small steps doing something that we are not comfortable with or doing something that we maybe fear at this point maybe like public speaking expressing our voice um and even singing mm-hmm. because what that does is that it gets you closer and closer and closer to your true purpose and also uh, swami what i've heard is in a previous conversation when you're singing and when you're speaking in public your aura expands right it's like uh-huh. it becomes huge it is like it it absorbs the <laughs> i guess the surroundings around you and when they did i think they did a study or research uh, on a opera singer uh-huh. uh who was singing from stage her aura was really encapsulating the entire audience and together they were one mm-hmm. so that that that's something that came to my mind is how mm-hmm. does you know expressing your voice and singing how does that relate energetically um but yeah thanks a lot for sharing <laughs> uh-huh. all right um so there's just one more thing i wanted to mention and that was yeah. um i wanted to mention my website yes absolutely that- we can share your website right now and because we're not okay. quite complete oh, okay uh, sorry uh-huh. uh, but but please uh, let our listeners know how they can find you and we can do it again at the end <laughs> uh-huh. okay so the website is yogamentor.yoga yogamentor.yoga action tribe and also i have created a special link in case you want to get swami's amazing book you got to go to my7chakras.com/258book that's my7chakras.com/258book and you'll be taken to amazon straight away and you can purchase her amazing book now action tribe i hope you've learned a thing or two from today's session and although we're not quite done yet we still have the last round which is the wisdom round to go 
but here's what I have to say to you. When you're working towards your vision, don't forget to remove the subconscious blocks that are holding you back from where you want to go. You see, when we experience something, whether as a child, at work, at home, or, or somewhere outside, we might forget about the incident, but the subconscious mind always remembers what we have felt about it or how we have felt about it. And that memory usually becomes a block that keeps us back from our ideal relationships, financial abundance, or even health and vitality. So what needs to be done? We need to assess our life experience and let go of memories that are no longer serving us or even better, change the story that we're telling ourselves about what happened on that particular day or even better, you know, do some of the Kriya Yoga, some of the Kriyas that uh, 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 Swami is teaching us about because a combination of the physical practice and also inner work can lead to that energetic shift which will make all the difference because like Lao Tzu, the ancient Chinese philosopher, once so wisely said, by letting go, it all gets done. The world is won by those who let go, but when you try and try and try, the world is beyond winning. So let that sink in for a moment. And with that, we arrive at the wisdom round, which is the last round for today. So Swami, are you ready? Yes, I am. Great. So what is the best piece of advice that you have ever received? Uh, well, one time I was going through a difficult period where um, people were trying to actually say not very nice things about me. And someone said to me, just don't worry about what they're saying, because that doesn't change who you are. So, and then I realized that's true. So what I am and what I've done is I know who I am, and that's the most important thing. So thanks a lot for sharing. And here at My 7 Chakras, we want to change the way we look and relate to a mistake. So mm -hmm. if you had to share, what is the most important mistake that you've made in your life, and what did you learn from it? Um... I really don't know. Um, I think um, maybe it's singing in public mm -hmm. because I have a very bad voice. And the first time I ever sang in public, someone came up to me afterwards and he said to me, you know, you're really brave because when you first started singing, I thought she's joking. No mm -hmm. one could have such a bad voice. But then you just kept singing. So um, I realized that there are no mistakes in life. That uh, we, you know, we learn from everything. So what is that one thing you do in the morning or in the evening before sleeping that has improved the quality of your life? Um, well, this I already mentioned. These are the careers that I do. And I spend um, a few minutes every morning I do oil pulling, I do netting, and I do skin brushing. And I think these are all very important things. And I know sometimes people say they don't have time, but it's less than 10 minutes. And I think it, can, it will completely change your health if you, if you do them regularly. And if you could recommend one book for our listeners today, what would that be? Uh-huh. Um, well, there's a book called Yoga and Ayurveda by Dr. David Frawley. And I think it talks about a lot of aspects of yoga that um, maybe people don't know about or they're a bit confused about, they've heard about, they don't exactly know what it means and how it relates to Ayurveda, which is the, the healing modality of India. So the name of the book is Yoga and Ayurveda, correct? Yes, and the author is Dr. David Frawley. So Action Tribe, I know how much you love the books that have been shared on the show. And in case you want to listen to this book right away and get it for free, then you can because audible.com is offering Action Tribe one free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial. Right? Which means that instead of reading a book conventionally, you can listen to the entire book. 
and you'll have to check if this particular book is available on audible but i think it is the name of the book is yoga and ayurveda by dr david frawley is an amazing person not had him on the show yet but maybe in the future mm-hmm. but to get that book all you need to do is go to my7chakras.com forward slash free book once again that's my7chakras.com forward slash free book to download your audiobook and start listening <laughs> so swami thank you so much for joining me today it was a really real pleasure to uh, interact with you and learn from you and uh, to share with the audience hey thank you it's been a pleasure speaking to you and before you go tell us one thing that you are grateful for and how we can find you online um well i think i'm just grateful to be alive and um i'm grateful to have an inquiring mind and i'm grateful for all the challenges i've had in life and you can contact me on yogamentor.yoga that's my website so there you go action tribe yoga to learn more about uh, swami and the work that she does and the service that she uh, puts in to go straight to amazon and pick up swami's latest book visit my7chakras.com/258book once again on your browser key in www.my7chakras.com/258book and you'll be taken straight to the Amazon page where you can order her amazing book The Cleansing Power of Yoga. So Swami thank you so much for coming on our show talking to us about the cleansing power of yoga your trips to India and the importance of having a routine that is for you a personal routine and taking us one step closer to a human revolution. Okay thank you and thank you for inviting me. You are listening to My 7 Chakras. Go to mysevenchakras.com. Download your free gift, get inspired and take action. Transform your life today.